Hi, welcome back to the Louis Honey Strategies Podcast. This is Levi. And this is Clinton Kenneth Manning the first. Levi and I are here at Wesley's house without him tonight. Uh, he decided that work is more important than a podcast, and I just really disagree with that. I absolutely disagree with this. It. Is, it's just unacceptable. So Wesley, right. when, you le- when you listen to this, just know it, it will not happen again. It, it'll definitely happen again. It'll probably happen again this week, actually. Yeah, we were talking about Friday, right? Yeah, we're, we're recording on a Wednesday. And, uh, well, we probably got another guy or two coming on Friday. We're just going to, like, take his whole house over. Hey, dude, this is the studio now. He asked for it. I mean, we could take it to the shop. I got a whole shop that we could do it in, but it's cold there, and it's dirty. It's kind of cold in here, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, but then oh, we this is have like... his dog. Okay, well, he already... <laughs> Well, our, our guest already surprised in on us. <laughs> so today we actually have probably the most talked about person on this podcast since the birth of it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, probably 90% of episodes he's come up in. It is my wonderful brother, Colton Manning. Why do you got to say it like that? <laughs> I'd say probably the cooler brother too. The coolest of the three. All right, let's end it. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely agree, Levi. Hell yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if they could hear that, that but I hope that was, that was pretty terrible. That was, there we go. There's, there's their row five or whatever. Dang right. Uh, but Colton is on this week to talk about something I just uh, love so much. Um, We're talking about those feathery creatures that you just despise so yeah. much. Colton is a, a big old pheasant hunter. Uh, at least that's what he portrays. Does well every year. I don't know. We've gone once or twice together. Yeah. I don't know oh, if Levi's God. gone more with you or not. We went uh, once me, we, yeah, we went one time with, at a... It was actually at a game farm, but it wasn't a setup hunt. The guy just told us to go ahead and scratch hunt. It, but we, I think we got wild birds, honestly. They were, it was fun. I mean, for all the game farms, I've been to a couple of them. That was a, definitely one of the better ones, I thought. You got to talk into the mic a little more. But I just remember, like talking to remember you. Remember how I said put thing. it over here? Oh. <laughs> so anyways, Clinton actually brought something up when we were sitting here talking before the podcast, what got you into pheasant hunting? You know, I think it was, I just liked hunting everything. I wanted to try all of it. And the first time I went was actually buddy Jared Isbell. I was out bow hunting and, uh, was sitting, <laughs> well, I was out there sitting bow hunting and I got a message. Hey, I'm going pheasant hunting Saturday. You want to go with? So I said, yeah, sure. I'll go. So kind of started from there. I went once and saw one pheasant that day and somebody else killed it. So that was kind of where I got hooked into it, and that got you hooked to seeing one pheasant, somebody else killing it. Yeah, I just like, like I thought it was cool. You're walking through all this grass, and some ditch chicken gets up, and somebody whacks it. I thought it was, I don't know. It is actually pretty exciting. That, funny enough, is how I actually got started into hunting. Was pheasant hunting? I have a, I've got a lot of tattoos, and I got a big one on my chest. It's actually a big pheasant. Well, let's see it. Where actually, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's not on your chest. That's like upper shoulder, upper. It's still pretty cool though. I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to do for my dogs. I'm going to some sort of tattoo with each dog when they die. Please tell me you're going to have the 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 uh, cleft palate of the nail. The one. <laughs> Already talking bad about burn. That's going to be a long night. So, so Colton, he talked to me today at work, and he's like, "Hey, let's not talk shit about Vern." And I said, "If we're talking about pheasant hunting, we're talking about the special dog. It's just so, going to happen." Just so you guys know, I got a dog that he's an outstanding dog to hunt behind. He retrieves and everything. Points good. He looks at you. He just looks a little different. But don't, don't, don't what the vet said. Don't what the vet said. Oh, so his nose is just a little bit crooked to one side. One nostril just touch higher than the other. And I asked the vet about it, and the vet goes, uh, I said, so why did, what happened that caused this? The vet goes, well, sometimes God just makes them a little bit different. <laughs> I love 
He is a good dog, though. I mean, I like I said, we did that game farm hunt, and he was killing it. You should see him now. You should have went a few weeks ago when I called you to go. What was I doing? I don't know. You might have had your daughter or something. Yeah, probably. I mean, I do take her hunting with me a lot. The pheasant hunt would not be for her. I mean, yet. that's just too much walking with being that little. Yeah. So it's not uncommon for me to walk 12 miles in a day and a little kid. And you mean, put it on her, your back, but that'd be about the best you can I'll do. Strap her in like Carlos on uh, the hangover. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of work, though. Um, as Levi brought up earlier, like with uh, you getting into pheasant hunting, <clears throat> I want to talk about how you made the decision to like get a, a dog to start and then what you went through with the training uh, as well with that dog. So I'd, hunted, I'd never hunted behind a dog before. Um, i trying to think the first time I did, I might I might have been in college with one of our college coaches. He said, hey, I got a couple dogs. I really like hunting. Let's go someday. So we went out and he had a short hair in the lab. And it was just so cool to watch two dogs work. It's so different. The short hair was out farther, covering a lot of ground. That lab was real close back and forth constantly. And I just kind of watching dogs and going, man, I like pheasant hunting just walking around. But you get a dog, and it's just so much better to watch them work all day. Yeah, I can agree. This was, uh, other than that time that I went with you and your dogs, this is my first year. I'm going to bring up duck hunting per usual. Uh, hunting over a dog, though. Way better. Oh, 100%. A lot less work. 100% better. And you usually get the birds that you shoot, too. You you still lose a few. A few, yeah. Because if you wing one real bad and it's running, they're so hard to catch running. But mm-hmm. you get, do get a lot of your wounded ones you never find. Uh, opening weekend this year, we had four dogs on point in four different spots. And, I mean, they were all 20, 30 yards apart, different birds. And we killed four roosters out of that, and we couldn't find one. And so what, I guess we'll just keep hunting, started walking away. And about three minutes later, Vern comes walking up next to my other buddy with a rooster in his mouth. He <laughs> found the other one dead somewhere. Come Perfect. Up and that, that's where the yeah, horse fetch really paid off was that day. It's like, wow, that was cool. I need it every time now. So did you, you got uh, Wally before you got Vern, right? Yeah. So Wally was my college graduation present to myself. I didn't pay much for him. And hey, everybody deserves a little hey, treat once in a while. You're right. You're right. <laughs> But I got Wally, it had been 2017, right after I graduated college, I got him. And I'll be honest, I was not very good with him right away, because you're fresh out of college, you got big grown-up money for the first time, what are you going to do? I don't want to have a good time all the time, so dad kind of watched him an awful lot for me when he was pretty little, and then I had him through that first hunting season, and then I sent him off to school after that. How long was he in the school for? Six months, probably. And there he just, he basically got the, an intro to guns, intro to birds, basic, basic hunting, I guess. Uh, we got woe trained while he was there. So when I got him back, he was a, basically what they would call a started bird dog. Okay, then with uh, Vern, how did that go with him when you first got him? Did it go better? Did it go worse? Did so it... I went a different route with Vern because I had adult money and I knew what I was doing this time around. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I took Vern. I got him from Kirk at Cedar Creek Gun Dogs down in Danville. He's a super, super guy. So, a little shameless plug. If anybody needs one, definitely call Kirk. But uh, I got Vern as a puppy, and I had him for, I'd say, two to three months. And I took him back to Kirk to get intro to birds, intro to guns. He was there, I think it was about two months. And then I hunted him that whole first season. And after season, I had him woe trained. And then I had him force fetched as well before the second season. So for anybody that doesn't know, that's not good with birds, what is woe training? So woe training is if you're walking up on your dog on point, and uh, I guess if the dog's on point and you're walking up to him and he wants to start moving in on it because you can hear you coming, 
you can wool and he'll stand perfectly still and let you do whatever you have to do. And the nice thing about that is if you have a couple dogs wool trained and you got one on point and the other one doesn't see him, you can yell wool and they'll both just stop. So my dogs will naturally honor each other. So if one's on point and the other one sees it, they'll point each other, which is pretty sweet to watch. Okay, so I got to ask, do you feel... No, this might be a bad question. It's like asking if you got a favorite child. But do you feel like being around more for Vern from start to now is opposed to Wally from start to now? Do you feel that you have a better connection with one or the other? Or is there like a, you know what I mean? I feel like you, I don't know. Are you asking which child is my favorite? No, but I'm asking. (laughs) It's a special one. It is a special one. I know it is. but, But my thing is, is just. I've heard people say to not send your dog off to get more of that connection, or I've heard people say that it's better to send the dog off. There is no lack of connection between me and my dogs. I would say that it really didn't affect it at all. I mean, we had a, a close relationship. My dogs live in the house with us. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that, oh, you can't keep a bird dog in your house. It's, it's terrible for it. You can't baby your bird dog. Nicole and I treat my bird dogs like they are our children. I have seen videos. It's We treat them pretty good, and they hunt pretty good. So, I mean, I don't think so. I mean... What? <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> you were just talking about the connection you have with oh, your dogs there. But, I mean, they're good dogs. I've never had an issue with that. They're, every time you come home, they're both waiting at the fence for you, ready to get some attention. and We we'd never have an issue with that. On that sweet pad that somebody poured. I wonder who did that. I oh, think I, think I, think you, I, I was there that, that day, that yeah. Were you? <laughs> I was, yeah. I was running wheelbarrows. I got some of it on his, uh, on his uh, siding. On siding yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. I hope it's still there. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, But anyways, so what would you say, I mean, obviously the advantage of hunting with a dog, but would you say there's an advantage of hunting with both, with two dogs? Um, so, yeah, I would say yes. But my dogs, they hunt very different from one another. Wally works a lot closer and Vern works a lot farther. So the way I always look at it is if one dog misses it, the other one's going to find it. And I like, so I, I like hunting both dogs at both, all the time. But when I take new hunters, especially young ones, like I took a couple little girls right at the end of the season, I like taking Wally because he stays closer and the little girls can see him all the time. So that was pretty cool. I like doing it that way. But if it's just me, I'm going to run both dogs. I don't care if Vern's 200 yards out. I know if he finds a bird, he'll point it till I get there. And uh, the other question I really wanted to ask was the continuation of training. What do you do for that? So this time of year, I give him a little break. It's cold outside. Nobody wants to be out there. But before season this year, I, I work with woe on him a little bit. I'll throw stuff in the yard. and I'll make him woe and stand there and then go get it. Um, Kirk had me this year set dummies down in a line, three in a row. And Vern would pick one up, and then I'd take it, and he'd go to the next one. He'd pick it up, and I'd throw the first one back behind us where he couldn't see it. So you're just kind of working that. Like if he sees something, he's got to pick it up, bring it back to you. Um, as far as working him out in the field, I don't do much of it. I do mostly conditioning. Um, I'll take him actually there's a level B a couple miles west of town and uh, I'll boot him out and there's a mile straight I'll drive down to one end I'll turn around I'll drive back and that I go till you can tell they're starting to get tired sometimes it's two miles sometimes it's 10 so I just I work more conditioning than anything else and do you ever get worried about shooting over top the dogs because I know when I was out hunting over dogs they said do not shoot over the dogs like even if there's ducks coming in you've got a big old flock dumping into the decoys don't shoot over the dogs. How do you feel about, I mean, obviously hunting pheasants compared to ducks and geese is a little different, but how do you feel about the shooting over top of them? Over top, I don't have such an issue with. Um, I try not to shoot them real fast because some once in a while they'll jump up after them. 
So I always let them get up. And if they're real low to the grass, I don't shoot them. But I, if they're up in the air and they're over the dogs, that's all right. It doesn't bother me. Um, my basic rules when you're with me is don't shoot anything on the ground. Don't shoot me and don't shoot my dogs. Other than that, I mean, have at it. Basically, you're letting them get five, six feet in the air before yeah. you even. Well, I'm, I'll be honest. I shoot them a little bit quicker than most people. So <laughs> when the bird gets up, I got to let them wait. I got to wait a little bit because even with a 410, I could tear them up pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure Ming understands how you uh, get up and you shoot at them right away because. He doesn't really stand a chance if I really want to shoot it fast. <laughs> is there anything you want to change about the way you hunt? Or is there any improvements, anything you think that you should change? Well, I kind of set goals for myself every year. And next year, one of my goals is going to be I'm only going to carry a 410. I want to just take all that extra advantage away from an ounce and a quarter shot and drop back to a half ounce and just see how it goes. Because I average, I would say, roughly 30 pheasants a year. So I'm curious to see if it affects it or not. I'm going to guess it probably won't affect it much, but we'll see. You've been kind of quiet over there. Yeah, well, I mean, we talk at work all day. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, but the people don't know what you talk about, so. Yeah, well. That's probably better to <laughs> keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, we work in a factory. It's probably safer that way. I don't even understand. I don't, I've never worked in a factory a day in my life. I know you work for daddy. God dang right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I think, have you taken a couple pheasant trips before? Like to different states or no? Um, only, I've only gone to another state once pheasant hunt. We went to Kansas. I think it was actually three years ago yesterday, I think. You and Jared went, correct? And Ryan Meyer. And Ryan Meyer. Okay. Yeah. How'd you do? Um, so we'd never gone anywhere else. We were more chasing quail. So we just kind of went down there. First day, we were like, okay, quail like brushy stuff. So we spent first day, I think we killed two pheasants in the first 20 minutes. That's the only thing we shot all day. We didn't even see a bird after like 10 o'clock that day. Uh, the second day, if I remember right... We hunted a little different covers, more just rolling grass and stuff like that rather than brush. And we found, I think we shot one pheasant and one quail that day. And then the third day, I think we walked like 30 miles in the first two days. So the third day, we only hunted half a day because we were tired. And there was a bad winter storm coming in. So I think the third day, we just found one covey of quail was all. But I mean, we had fun. We learned a lot. And if we went back, we'd definitely do a little bit better this time around, I think. So I don't know if people really... <clears throat> I know the local listeners know where we're at, but I know that we've got some listeners from way different places. So it's going to be hard for them to picture this. But do you hunt near here more often, or do you feel like you travel further to get to the birds? Well, the first year I had my truck, I put 20,000 miles on during pheasant season alone. But gas was a lot cheaper then. <laughs> um, I would say I hunt from the Mississippi River to the Missouri River, from the Minnesota border to the Missouri border. I hunt the whole state. So I got a lot of friends out in Western Iowa. So I try to, normally it's like one week here, one week there. It just kind of depends on what the weather is and what everybody else is doing. Um, I got a buddy, he told me, asked me to shout him out, Zane, from Western Iowa. His grandparents are probably some of the nicest people I ever met. We make sure first season shotgun every year we go out there and hunt their ground. They got a bunch of private ground. And it's, hunting out there is just awesome. They, they think they have six or 700 acres that just set aside that we can hunt. They Dang. just have at it and go. And this year, the pheasant numbers out there were pretty low. I mean, I think we shot four roosters in two days, but we saw more quail than I've ever seen in my life. It was awesome. I think we saw three coveys. There's probably 15 birds in each covey, so we saw a ton of quail. Take any schwags in them? They asked us not to shoot any of them. Ah. So it's it's so frustrating when you're looking at them like, I could shoot all of these. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still pretty cool to see that. But, man, do they got EHD bad out there or something because – EHD, that's deer, baby. I, yeah, I brought up his favorite thing. Whoops. But, uh, 
It's what it, one of the diseases that they've been dying off from. I think in that 600 acres, we found 10 deer laying dead. Whoa! Was that the was that the place where you uh, you found that the buck laying in the creek? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yep. so that was that place. <clears throat> yeah, and then Ming found a nice one there too. Oh, so EHD is basically the. Uh, God dang it! We talked about all these diseases before on the podcast. You ready for this? Yes. <clears throat> Epizootic hemorrhagic disease or something like that. Is it a brain disease? What is it? So it's a viral disease of white-tailed deer that is transmitted by biting midges. So normally what happens when water levels are down? Biting what? Midges, not midgets. Midges. (laughs) So when water levels are down, they like live in the mud. And then when a deer goes to drink, it's like, let me get up in there. And then then it it kills them. Super, super bad on dry ears. Yeah, it's not as bad as CWD. I think it's... Is it something similar to it? <clears throat> They're oh, similar. CW- oh. CWD is transmitted like deer to deer, but is like it like a blue midge, tongue? That's, yeah, that, that's similar. CWD, to, yeah. isn't it? I don't know. I'm not a deer guy. You're I'm, the deer guy. You should. I'm pretty know. sure blue tongue and CWD are similar. No, um, they're not. I think it's Andrew. EHD. Andrew, I think it's EHD and blue tongue are similar. That don't matter. We don't yeah. like deer. Anymore. We like those feathery creatures. Well, we still got to look it up and give our listeners uh, an education along with us. Might as well read it out Anthropod. loud. Okay, it actually, blue tongue is similar. I was, is I it? was incorrect. It's EHD? Or? It, says, it says biting midgets right there. I heard it on another podcast like two weeks ago. That's why I knew they were similar. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure blue tongue and CWD are two completely different, like yeah. way off the charts different. It's the EHD and blue tongue that are similar. Yeah, that's what that's saying. And right it there. makes, and I mean, it makes sense that on the dry years that it would be a little more prevalent well, the deer a lot more condensed in the water holes yeah and this year was bad in all, all areas and now in this last what month we've been getting pounded with we had rain 27 and inches of snow in like six days yeah i was in florida to enjoy all that i had been Just asking saying. for two feet of snow for three months at that time so i was happy we got it but actually it kind of makes me mad all this rain we're getting is losing all the snow making Dude, the shed right. harder. i'll tell you what i wish we had a little bit of that snow during bird season we i only got like two days of hunting in the snow and one was around here right at Thanksgiving. I was, was it Black Friday or right before? One of them days right at Thanksgiving. And I actually took my uncle out hunting that day. Weren't you? When did me and you go? Did we go during Thanksgiving duck hunting? That was, was a little before that. I, I feel think. like we were breaking ice, though, at that time. It, everything was just starting to skim up that day. It was yeah. pretty cold that morning. I don't even think we had much luck. Would we get like two birds? I think I shot a hen wood duck and you shot a, I think it was a hen mallard. Was that the time? No, it was not the time I fell in. No, that was the time where I was running through the brush swearing at that. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you could hear. She's <laughs> all the way through the all those tall, like, I don't even, it's not even tall. It's like, well, okay, he's like 18 foot tall, right? He's a jolly green giant walking through the freaking brush. And uh, it was over his head. And he's like, come on. He's like, just stop. <laughs> he's crashing through it. I was laughing the whole time. I can't it believe awesome. it didn't ruin my waders. I thought for sure I was gonna. Ah, oh, dude, I got a rip in mine right below my butt cheek. So I've had, yeah, right. I got. I should probably take mine and check them out before we go snow goose hunt here in a couple of weeks because I'm gonna need those if it's wet down there. Eh, well, I think so. They're nice to keep you warm too if you're laying on the wet ground all day. Yeah, that's true. Got a good point. Yeah, I wish I could go on that. Man, so do I. It's gonna be so much fun. Ming's going for the first time this year though. He's gonna. I think he's gonna be in for an eye opener when the first flock of geese comes oh, in. <laughs> how many uh, how many boxes of shells and everything are you taking down? Uh, I'm taking twelve hundred shells, but that's for me and my fiance Nicole. So we should have more than enough, I hope. Big old extendo tube on there. Um, I have one on my gun, one on her gun, and one on the extra gun. So I think it holds ten shots in each one of our guns, and then the extra is eleven shots. Didn't you go last year? Yeah, 
I think we shot 100 geese in the two days we hunted. God, that sounds like such a good It time. is so much fun. And so, like, the way the guide that we use for that, because we do it guided because I don't have all the stuff for that. Um, the guide we use, they normally, they'll let you blast at anything if it's within 70 yards. Well, the guide that we had, we're like, well, we've shot a lot of geese before. We wanted to work in nice and close. So we started letting flocks pass if they were outside of 40 yards. So the first day, we shot, like, 80 geese, and everything was within 40 yards. Dude, we dumped That'd so That'd be so much so fun. fun. <laughs> it was awesome. Um. Funny story about shooting geese. Oh, so Green Island. No, I'll talk oh, about that oh, after. <laughs> I'll talk about that one after. Because we did some goose hunting together this year. Well, Green Island finally opened up after like 40 years of not being able to goose hunt in certain regions down there. And now you can hunt in different regions and this and that and yada, yada, yada. So we had some floaters out in the water. And, uh, well, what did we have, like four geese coming in? I think... We had geese working a couple times with the flock that was getting close. It was either four or six, something like that. Yeah, and they were, these guys off to our left were just hammering at these geese. Dude, they could not blow a goose call. It was so bad. Oh, it was it was <laughs> bad. It'd be like if we gave Brittany a goose call right now and asked her to blow it. She wouldn't know what to do. Oh, dude, that'd be, that was way better. Than what oh, they yeah, dude, it was. It was <laughs> way better. I mean, they were, they were trying, what they were trying to do is sound like a large flock. I believe in my mind is what they were trying to do. I think they're trying to sound like a dead goose. Yeah. And (laughs) Colton and I are over here just barely even honking at them. Just give them little toots here and there. And they'd come through and they were getting lower and lower every time. And I'm just like, please do not pass shoot these geese. Thinking about the other guys. And we had them like maybe 10 to 15 yards. No, they were like 30 yards. No, they were not. They were, dude, they were close. You could hear the wings. You could hear the, they were working in nice and close. And I did the typical duck hunter. One more pass. One more pass. Yes. (laughs) Yes, We (laughs) both did. And they they did this one pass and they were close, but they were, they're kind of at that range where you could knock one down, but I don't know if you'd, I bet they were like 15, 15, 20 yards. They they come up and they go past us again. And then the other group of hunters sees them again. And they just start screaming into their calls. And it was so God awful sound and the geese flared so bad and flew just completely the opposite direction. Yeah, they did. They actually they got up and went up over the trees and back towards the river, if I remember right. Yeah. Just yeah. completely away from that group of hunters. Like that's I quit duck hunting a few years ago just because I got tired of stuff like that. I mean, if you got another group of, or a group of ducks working in another group of hunters, let them work. Don't try to ruin it for them. And you'll get your own chance later on. I mean, I've had it where ducks have actually swung around the guys that were calling at him and dumped right in in front of us. I mean, that actually happened to me and my buddy this year. So, I mean, uh, we'll, go, we'll go duck hunting more next year and retry it a little bit. See if we can get away from people. I'll actually have my boat this time. Maybe I'll get my boat out. God dang right. We can have two boats. Ooh, we can make a party barge of boats. I'm not putting a blind on mine, though. I'll teach you the way I duck hunt. You'll like it. What, drive out to somewhere and get on an island? Oh, yeah. You can just stay in the boat where it's nice and warm. You got two buddy heaters and got a bunch of snacky poos in so the middle. Light your blind on fire. Uh, you that's know, not a whole lot of fun. That's a chance that's, I'm that's willing. Me, to, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chance I'm willing to take to stay warm. All right, so I'm going to shift this whole 90 degrees all the way back to pheasant hunting because oh. we, we did get a little well, tangent off there. We'll probably get back there again. Um, yeah, but gonna, we are going to get back there. So for <laughs> people like myself that have no idea, the first thing about a pheasant. Like when you are going to find pheasant ground, what do you look for to find good pheasant ground other than just grass? Well, I'd say a lot of it depends on the area because what I hunt here in eastern Iowa is completely different from what I hunt in western Iowa. Um, What I try to find in eastern Iowa is I like a lot of crick lines that are pretty brushy with some grass along the side and food somewhere close, either corn or soybeans. Um, Most guys, I would say, tend to favor corn. I like soybeans better. One, it's easier to find a down bird and a two- Every time I find or shoot birds that are close to both, 
they're always full of soybeans rather than corn. So I look for food along a brushy creek line, something like that. Um, in western Iowa, um, they just have a lot more uh, habitat out there. So I look for big open fields, and then I try to find the spots that nobody else is going to hunt. Because, I mean, that's eastern and western Iowa, anywhere you go. I'm that guy that if there's a 20-acre chunk of cattails and most people are going to hunt the edges, I'll plow through the middle. That's where the birds are going to be. They're smart. They learn where people hunt and don't hunt. Um, as far as western Iowa, though, for I mean, I'll hunt the creek lines too, but I'd rather hunt bigger open fields because there's just a lot more of them out there. That makes sense. Going through the middle of the thick stuff, that's why my grandpa always made me go through it. You were playing the dog then, didn't you? I was. <laughs> I woofed and everything. <laughs> no, I really didn't. But, no, I, I went through a lot of thick stuff. Well, But we always hunted ditches. Yeah. We'd go, like you said, creek lines, or we'd find, like, bigger ditches, wider ditches, and we'd try to plow through the middle of them and kind of comb them. And I mean, We kicked it, a lot of birds up doing that. If it's me by myself, or especially around here, 20-acre chunk, I mean, that's way more than enough to shoot three birds off of. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bird... I would say the population this year, as far as the whole state from where I hunted, it was, I wouldn't say it was up much. It's probably been steady the last couple, three years, but um, this area seemed like it was down a little bit. Western, I was down, but Northern was up. So it all evens out. I guess I shoot the same amount of birds every year anyway. So, you know, to kind of continue off of what Clinton was saying, what would you <clears throat> say people need to get started for pheasant hunting? A shotgun and an orange hat. I mean, you really don't need anything else other than that. Um, but when people go with me, I always make them wear a full orange vest and a hat. So maybe you want both because I don't want anybody getting hurt. But if you got the the hat or the vest and the gun, go out and walk some public ground, walk that stuff that nobody else is going to go through, take their dogs through, walk real slow and just stop often. Cause I hunted, oh, probably three years without a dog and I'd hunt the thickest stuff just real slow and stop and talk to somebody for 10 minutes and keep going that stopping is actually really important those birds get so nervous yep, they get jump. super nervous yep that's when i kicked up my most birds was actually walking through that really thick stuff and you'd stop in the middle of it were you just stopping to catch your breath maybe no my grandpa <laughs> told no my, that's how my grandpa told me how to do it oh I mean, the, I mean the stopping is the most important part you get a lot of guys when they get used to hunting with dogs they start walking super fast and when you start walking fast, the dogs are working fast and they're going past stuff. You can't help it. So contrary to belief of Wes and Clinton, I do know how to walk slow. I just know that when I hear a turkey goblin 400 yards over there and hey, I have hey, permission hey, to hey. hunt that. We are not here to talk about turkey. I know. <laughs> we can talk about that in a minute. But I know that you need a truck to get to it and you need to cut it off. Not lollygag through the timber for three hours. Now, the only time rant over. The only time I hurry pheasant hunting is if, say, I got a dog that's four hundred yards away on point. Then I might hurry over because he's gonna be a long time before I get hoofed over there. Do you understand, Clinton? <laughs> Have you ever let your dogs get four hundred yards away from you? Do I got time for another story? Yeah, we yes. got all the <laughs> <Yes>. time. <laughs> so, again, shouting out Zane. We're hunting out in western Iowa at a piece of ground he had, and it's I think it's a two hundred and. 40 acre chunk or something like that of all CRP and it's terraced. So we, we do that whole walk to the end of a big food plot and we stop and we're uh, shooting the breeze, just hanging out and I'm not paying attention. I, I use uh, Garmin handhelds with GPS collars. So it'll tell you how far away your dog is and where they're at and what they're doing. So we're, we're sitting there talking and uh, my collar beeps that he, Wally's on point. I wasn't paying any attention. Well, it says Wally's on point, like 700 yards away. <laughs> so I get to the crest of the hill and I look, <clears throat> and Wally's on the other side of the property in the valley on point. 
So I'm like, I look at my friends, I'm like, well, somebody's got to go to him. Who wants to go? Because that's a long hoof. I mean, it is a steep hill down to where he was at. So Zane's like, oh, I'll go. It took Zane like five minutes to get there. Zane goes over there, looks under Wally's nose, there's a rooster. Kicks it up and shoots it. So Wally held that point for like five minutes before Zane got over there. That's impressive. He did that like the second or third week of season this year too. I went one way with part of the group and he went the other way with Nicole and the other part of the group and they didn't have a GPS to see him. So he's on point. It was three minutes I timed it. He was on point before that bird moved and busted. He never moved. I'm surprised the birds didn't kick up. If it's cold, they like to sit a lot better. When it's warm out, they're running all over the place. There's not much you can do. I get it. They're in, they're in cover. They think they're safe. Oh, yeah, 100%. Actually, um, little t- uh, little girl that I coached trap shooting, Maddie, I took her out. This is like two weeks left of season, so it was pretty late in the year. Got a little piece of private ground, a honey hole. I only tried to hunt once a year, and I'd already hunted it with my uncle. I'm like, you know, I called him. I said, hey, I got these two little girls I'm going to take out, and uh, I'd like to get try to get them their first bird. I took Wally and Vern that day. I had seven roosters pointed under their nose. Well, the one... Wally pointed on a big brush pile, and we kicked around. I didn't flush anything. I'm like, okay, he's pointing. Like, he's a pretty solid dog, and the way he was standing, I could tell there was something there, and he just, I couldn't get nothing to come up. So he runs away from it. We try to go back where we were going. He comes back over, and as he jumps that brush pile, he sticks his nose in it and about flips himself over going on point. <laughs> Dude, it was so sweet. And I go, Maddie, Brooklyn, there's a bird in that pile. So I go over there, and I kind of spread the grass, and I'm looking, and I, as I look down, a rooster looks up at me, makes eye contact. <laughs> So I go, girls, it's a rooster. Get ready. I'm trying to reach down to grab it so I can toss it up for him to keep give him a little better chance of getting their first bird. Well, as right as I get my hands around it, that bird flushed. The bird lived. Oh. <laughs> but a little later on, Maddie did get her first bird. Uh, Wally was pointing over by Brooklyn, and uh, they had a young puppy. Uh, Brooklyn and her dad did. And it kind of bumped the bird. Well, it got up, and Brooklyn took a shot and missed it, and Maddie just dumped it. I was so excited. I was yelling. I was so I was so happy for her to get her first bird. Actually, Ming got his first bird over Wally, too. Did he? Yeah. Did he? He got a couple of them this year with his own dog, didn't I he? I don't know how many he got this year, but he had, I'll tell you what, I'll be honest with you, the first year I hunted with his dog, I'd rather left it in the truck. It was just, it just didn't know what was going on. I was just running around and just kind of aimlessly and bumping a lot of birds, jumping over my dogs on point. Well, he sent it off to school with Troy Fetterspiel at, what is his? I don't remember, Jasper Creek. Gun dogs is what his is. He does an excellent job training too. But Ming took his dog there and uh, had Troy work with her quite a bit. And I tell you what, it was like a switch flip this year for that dog. Because she went from not knowing what she was doing. And I, by the end of the year, Ming was shooting pointed birds regularly over that dog. So it was, it was pretty sweet to watch his dog transition from not knowing what was going on at all to being a true bird dog. And how old is that dog? I think she's about the same age as Vern, about two. Oh, okay. But he got, actually got her from somebody else who couldn't keep their dog. They were getting, having another baby and just wasn't going to have time for it. So Ming acquired it that way and just didn't know anything about the dog. So just worked with it from there and it turned out pretty good for him now. I will, I'll give him, I'll say he did a lot better now. No offense to Ming, and I hope he hears this. Oh, he I would say he 100% lessons. Awesome. <laughs> with hunting, <clears throat> there's a lot of things he don't know. Look, a dove. No, that's killed deer. I watched that video again like three days ago. I, I did too. So <laughs> Have you guys told that story before on here? Oh, yeah. I think we've talked about me like three times about the dove killed deer thing. Oh, mm. dude, it was so funny. He's he's something else to hunt with. He's he's learned a lot, though. I'll give him a lot of credit. He's come a long ways, and he's getting the passion for pheasant hunting. But he, I'll tell you what, he, you hunt two or three days in a row where you're putting on 10, 12 miles walking, 
By that end of that second day, third day, he can just can't keep up anymore. He's got to get out of that office more often. I was gonna say, I mean, he's he's not a big boy, but he's not a little boy, and and me as a big boy understand that walking takes an idea sometimes. No, I'm not I'm not in shape by any means. I'm a pretty big boy too, but at the end of the day, I walk past a lot of skinny guys pheasant hunting. They they struggle to keep up, but yeah, you also got freaking ten feet long legs. So I hunted. Your one stride is there eight. Well, I took Maddie to Western Iowa one trip, and. She looked at the end of the day, we each looked at our step counter. She had like 3,000 more steps than I did, and I still had like two miles more than she did. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But I suppose when she's five foot nothing and I'm gigantor over here, her strides are a little bit different length. Yeah, that checks out. He looks like Sasquatch walking through the woods. The only problem. You should have seen it when I had my beard. It was scary. <laughs> yeah, that's the only problem. He doesn't have the same hair that I have. I mean, he's got, he's, you know, his size 15 boots. He's six foot seven tall. He's just he's huge. And then he just doesn't I'm have normal. the Sasquatch hair. You guys are just hair. little. I don't want to talk about it. Um, <clears throat> so just, I would like to know like a recap of your like season stats for this past season. Like how many birds you shot. And then also you said something with the 410. How many shot with the 410 versus the 12 gauge. You know, well, I didn't keep track of gun versus gun. The f- beginning part of the year, I did just carry the 12 gauge, and then I'm like, I found some 410 shells because they were hard to find for a while. So, towards the end of the year, I switched over to that. But uh, this year, I shot 35 pheasants, three woodcock, four quail, and a partridge. And actually, that was my first partridge this year. I'd never, uh, never seen that. I've seen them out hunting before a couple times. I could never get close to them. Uh, I think it was opening day this year. We're hunting along through a big chunk of CRP and. The dogs are all working in front of us, and a big covey gets up. And I, I'm looking at them as they get up. I'm like, those aren't quail. Those are bigger, but they're small. Those are partridge. So I shot one quick, and I walk over there and pick it up. And for a plain old bird, they're kind of pretty looking. Mm-hmm. I've only ever seen one ever, and we we shot it out of a ditch. <laughs> of course you did, <laughs> dude. I've done a lot of ditch. You know, and it's. I would say for somebody new starting out, ditches are. are good way to go because birds can't run very far they can only go so far so the way we always used to do it uh my grandpa my uncle and my cousin tom and myself we would all go driving around down gravel roads yeah just i mean we literally would cover hundreds of miles a day just driving like 20 30 miles an hour nice and slow down a gravel road three guys watching out the windows grandpa driving and we'd all watch and we just stare into the ditches and if you've seen a bird or seen something you thought was a bird or you thought it was just a good, good ditch spot. to walk. We'd get out. We'd have one blocker at the end. Typically, we'd walk both guys. You know, if we had all four of us, we'd either have two guys in one ditch, depending on how big it was, or one guy on each side of the road, mm-hmm. and then one blocker on each side of the road. So you're a big blocker guy. I, I didn't. I'm not a big blocker fan when it comes to pheasant hunting. Just too big of a chance for somebody to get hurt. Well, the the reason we did that is because you can't shoot across the road. Actually, you with can't. shot, you can. Can you? Yeah. Well, we always understood it and chose not to so shoot across the way I the understand road. it is with a bullet, you cannot shoot anywhere from fence to fence. So with shot, you can shoot the whole thing. You can shoot across the road. It, it does not matter with shot as far as I'm concerned. Now, don't take that to a game board and say, this is what I heard. It's got to be right. But, well, this is the way we did it. And that's the reason why we did it is because we understood that you couldn't shoot across the road. And I mean, we've had some situations and I'm not going to go through them right now, but you what ming is a big ditch hunter guy he ming will hunt every road ditch that he can find that he thinks it'll hold a bird which i'm not opposed to it i mean it's a it's a good way to get on a bird but 
I told him, I said, be careful with that with your dogs because you don't want your dogs to get used to as soon as you open the door, there's a bird there. Yeah. You want them to know that, okay, we got to go work for it a little that bit. That or some jackass coming down the road to come yell at you for hunting their ditch. It's my ditch. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's the, <clears throat> that's the best part about my farm. Ain't no ditches on it. It's all mine. I'm going to go shoot a deer there next year. Yeah. You'd have to like deer. Couldn't first. shoot a turkey there, though. Can't shoot a turkey anywhere. He has he has an open offer to I shoot have, a turkey. And you have an open offer to come with me. I'm not turkey hunting. You yet. shoot turkeys I'm, out of people's hands, okay? I wouldn't go with you either. Just Wes. I've, I've had other people shoot turkeys over me. Not over me, but over my calling. That's all right. Come turkey season, he's going to hear me going. going around the shop going. He's going to be like, I'm going to go this year. You take Nicole out and get her. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 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 you take Nicole, I'll get her first turkey, and I'll be happy. I don't care about turkeys. I'm done with that stuff. I already told them. I don't know if you listened to that other podcast, yeah, but I'm full mounting that bird for tur- for Nicole, and it's going to be in your house, so you have to look at it. I'll put it above my bed. It'd be kind of cool. You want it on a roost and like gobbles on you? That'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be like all your Christmas presents for the forever. I don't care. Or maybe it could be your wedding gift. It's only like there twelve or fourteen hundred dollars to get one full body mounted. Yeah, where I take them is fourteen. Dude. Yeah, yeah, I think it was about what it was expensive. for me. Expensive. I dropped a snow goose off last year. It's a thousand bucks. Yeah, but yeah, the guy I dropped it off as by far one of the best taxidermists around. So it's it's like a two year wait too. So, but it's well worth it. He does an awesome job. It looks like he fly At off. At least the you wall. got time to save. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, Nicole offered to buy that one for a present for me. So I was gonna. But say. I got a pheasant there too for dad. It's the first bird dad shot over my dogs. Heck so yeah. that one's gonna be a little expensive for me. Yeah, so you said it gives him time to save. That doesn't work. I think Colton just brought another reloader today. Don't, Nicole doesn't know about that yet. <laughs> oh, she's, she doesn't She's listen. not listening 37 minutes in. Or, I uh, hope not. Otherwise, you, I'm going to need a place to stay. <laughs> I, I have a guest room, and your dog stays hey, there. It's fine. I got spots. A little farther for me to drive to work from your house, though. Wait, can Wally and Vern come? Absolutely. All right. I've got in. more land than he does and less dogs. You don't own more, more land than I do. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh my farm. Around my house. My 10-acre farm. <laughs> hey, bigger farms than you guys own together. Well, I sell okay. your farm, I'll buy it. I will for the right price. Hey, put it in your will. If something ever happens, that I get it, would you? And then you're going to you're gonna ruin it. I'm going to kill a deer with a gun. Yeah, God dead. dang right. I'm not about that stick and string stuff. That's the coolest shit ever. Well, you, I, wish, I wish Wes was here so I could tell him how much I hate stick and string. It is the most boring thing ever. Why, why would you want to use a stick and string and sit there and watch squirrels and deer all day when you can go out and shoot three pheasants in a day and watch your dogs work and enjoy your time out or there? Or kill six ducks or You literally came geese. with me bow hunting multiple years and you shot at a squirrel. You had plenty of fun. Yeah, but... You I'm shot like, at a squirrel twice. Yeah, I've definitely shot at a squirrel. Yeah, yeah. I missed definitely. the same squirrel twice. What? <laughs> <laughs> like he shot the arrow and it had like a. Dude, a if it was a big old buck squirrel, I'd have shot his balls off both times. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I have the one shot on video still. Like and, really? and the best part is when Colton has the bow, he stands up and draws at the same time. He didn't like stand up, look, and then draw. He just like <laughs> it's one fluid motion. If I'm gonna move, it's gonna be once and done. I mean, he's kind of got a point. It yeah. was a squirrel. You yeah, don't have to be sneaky. Right. <laughs> 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 I'm <hunting> squirrels. <laughs> What else you want to know about bird hunting? I want to cover what your thoughts on losing that goose. Man, I've never spent so much time looking for one critter in my whole life. Uh, I've, you guys have heard the story a little bit. Um, Levi and I were hunting a local area and got going. Working, we are working some geese in, and we had some land, like, what, 60 yards to our side? Yeah. I, I didn't. Well, it was more than just a little land. 
I, I messed it up. I should have flagged the geese so they saw us a little better, and I didn't on the first flock, and they landed short of us to our side, about 60, 70 yards, something like that. So we're getting some, some more geese to work, and I think it was a, a set that was at three or five or something like that you guys were going to shoot at, something like that. Uh, it was like five. And yeah. they're working in, and Ming, Nicole, and uh, Levi were sitting, and I said, all right, shoot them. So I don't pay attention to those ones that are out in front of us. I picked the two that are closest to me on the side, and I shoot through all three shells, and I wing one. So... A quick jump up and I start hoofing it across the field after this goose. And of course, I only took one extra shell with me. <laughs> so I hoof it across and I get close enough to him and I shoot it one more time. And as I pick my goose up and I'm coming back, some more geese are working in. So I lay down real flat and I'm, I'm literally face down in the dirt calling it this next flock of geese. So I'm trying to hide. And uh, I look down and my goose kind of moves his head and looks at me. I'm like, Jesus, dude, come on. I thought you were dead already. <laughs> I shot you twice now. <laughs> so that flock of geese, it, they flew away or whatever. And I, hoof it over back to the blind quick, and I lay the goose next to me, and I tuck in, and we get another flock that lands behind us, so we're just not set up in the right spot. And uh, <laughs> Ming and Levi are trying to crawl at this flock of geese. You guys have heard about Ming, this. Ming was playing roly-poly. Dude, that, I felt so bad yelling and scaring them geese away, but I did not want Ming to blow up his gun that day. He was literally had his gun on his chest and was rolling through a muddy cornfield. Well, think about it. When we were dragging our, uh, or your, uh, layout blinds out there because mine fell apart we're dragging your layout blinds out there and uh my gun the tip of it got full of mud remember yeah i don't know where you would have buried it in the mud at i don't i don't know where it came from i don't know either but so so just to give you an idea of how muddy it was it was terrible i was i mean i wore my waders because it was that muddy it was terrible um but anyway we're laying down and i'm watching ming and levi go with this flock of geese and uh, a little bit later like okay we gotta move and as levi's on his way back i'm like Levi, did you take my goose? Yeah, I'm like, why would I take your goose like, with me? Do, what am I going to throw it at goose? the geese? Like, I could not find it. So at some point while Ming and Levi were going after that other flock, my goose must have got up and walked away. I spent like, it was better than two hours oh, and around I, this field. I got up, walked around. We had all four. Well, yeah. Ming really didn't walk much. I think Ming knew how bad the walkout was going to be for him. but He was tired. The other... <laughs> <laughs> the other three of us spent a long time walking around that field looking for that goose, and I gave it more than a, more than uh, more effort than most people would do to look for a wounded goose. But I never did find it, so the coyotes got to eat good sometime. I'm pretty sure I know exactly where that goose it, went. You to. know what? That goose was banded. Had to be. Oh every God. single goose, every single duck, everything that gets away from you is banded. Did you not have it wrapped up and already looked at it? Well, it was it was banded. Did it like Literally. fall into a band when it ran away? I don't, I don't <laughs> understand. As it got up, it stuck its head through a neck band. <laughs> Dang, that'd be old school. Give goals, <laughs> right? That's what I'm gonna do when I go decide to shoot a goose with my bow. There's gonna be a neck band, and one of my broadheads gonna bounce off the neck band. Well, Dude, we need to do that next year. What's that? Get him out there and shoot a goose with his bow. He was supposed to go that day that we went out in that muddy field, but he ended up going bow hunting for deer instead. Oh no, you might have went but, west that weekend. I don't, I don't remember. I remember I thought like you were going to hunt the field or the pond and I was going to hunt one of them, but then you guys did the other because the geese were there that night. The pond would have been awesome for him. The well, way them if Ming could shoot just... his first goose there, then Bubba definitely could have shot him with a bow there. Maybe mm -hmm. next year because that pond's pretty frequently hit. That pond's freaking sweet. That was some of the funnest <laughs> hunting ever. I hope we get to do it again. <laughs> Me but, too. You know, I thought of something I wanted to a little story I want to tell about want to hunt this year. So our uncle Ben... He probably hasn't been pheasant hunting in, I bet, 10 years. And he's been bugging me about wanting to go, wanting to go, wanting to go. So I basically just told him that week of Thanksgiving, hey, it was either Friday or Sunday, whatever day it snowed. I didn't know it was supposed to snow. 
said, hey, we're going hunting this day. I'm picking you up and we're going to go. So I took him to one of my favorite spots and we, we get out there. It was a little late because it was roads were kind of bad. And we get out there and I don't think we were five minutes into walk and I shot our first bird that morning. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I want, really, really want him to get bird, but it was nowhere near him. So we go a little farther and another bird gets up. Actually, we hunted one little chunk, got that one bird, hunted another chunk and we didn't get any birds. It just got up a little too early. And we're walking back to the truck and I'm not kidding, 20 feet from the truck, Wall hand burn go on point in a, a level C road in the ditch. So it's not really public road anymore, but they go on point. I said, get your gun ready, Ben. Well, that bird gets up and I put the gun up and I give myself a one, two, three, and then I shoot. And he goes, how'd you get your gun up so fast? I'm like, dude, I gave you time. <laughs> <laughs> so I got two birds already and we're not even like 45 minutes into hunting. So we start walking another little line and I'm like, okay, I know over this hill there's a big chunk of CRP and it's just a waterway we're hunting. So I said, you walk that side because the birds will probably fly that way. Well, we get down about 30 yards into that, and Wally goes on point and flush a rooster, and he took him a couple shots, but he got it. So I think in that morning we hunted, I think it was a little under two hours, and we had six birds, and he hadn't been out in 15 years, and I let him shoot, well, two of his three. That sounds like a good time. It's, that first snow, there's nothing like it. I mean, if you can get out pheasant hunting on that first snow, you need to go. That's the time to go because the birds can't run anymore. Maybe not this year in the – the conditions well, we well i guess that was that after, was after season, season wasn't yeah. yeah it was it was like two weeks after season we got all that snow which i'm hoping i'm really hoping that doesn't hurt the population because that's a lot of snow and hard for them to get food but at least this warm weather and the rain will get rid of some of that snow sorry bubba no more snow for you see that's why i put the food out for the deer it's actually for the pheasants too that's actually if i don't you think remember, you have any pheasants on your farm there are pheasants in the ditches next to my farm i've seen I, two that, hens before bubba, that's a mile from your, your it's farm. only a half mile but if you remember <laughs> i took that extra hay out and i said this is for the pheasants and i threw it in the ditch there don't you remember that oh yeah the the extra hay out of the back of his truck that what do you think about that walk back there he had it easy we don't oh, you went through the field with him didn't you yeah um and i also uh convinced these guys to make it a one trip not a two or three trip like they wanted it had just been two are you saying thank you over there yeah yeah so Brittany is agreeing that a one trip was a lot better because that walk back was rough i mean that snow was deep we we stacked all nine of the the bales on yeah. that one sled and Plus, it's a smaller version not the big one like you have the small one mm, that's a lot of hay on one little sled oh yeah we we were all huffing and puffing and pushing and pulling and we, you should have seen the amount of snow that got moved. I bet it was, what, foot deep? Oh, it was over a foot deep. What Like, the, the sled itself was bottoming out, and it was, the hay in the front was pushing the snow out of the way. You maybe had it overloaded. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and you'd have two people pulling the string, and a person on person on the back pushing, and a person on each side holding it. You need it to do what I do with tip. my ice hut, where you just added a big extra chunk of rope, and I added like 20 feet to mine, so you can wrap it all the way up around your shoulder and carry, or pull it that way. There's the yeah, we should have brought my ice hut. The extra sled on my farm has extra length on, my on farm, it. farm, 10 acres. Why did you not? Because we were going to get it for the second trip, but you didn't want it. Why didn't you bring it out when we walked out? Because we already had one. That's all you need. No, 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 no. I don't think he understands what I'm asking here. Was that you? Oh, that wasn't you. That wasn't me. I did not think that was a hunger growl. <laughs> I didn't either. So, so uh, why didn't you grab it though when we were walking out to have your sled? I'm, I'm not going again. It stays there for deer. It's got. Oh, it, that makes sense. Yeah, it's so it's it's my buddy TJ's sled. Uh, he hunts the public next to me, so he keeps it there because it got stolen off the public one time. Long story doesn't matter. Got it back. People are thieves. I understand. Yeah, landowners next to the public are thieves. So. He put like two. It wasn't by even fours. somebody on the public ground. Correct. Ah, that's and uh, 
Yeah, yeah, okay. They thought it was trash as it has wheels on the back. It has reinforced all the way around. It has like eyelets on that the seems, front and back. Seems like trash to me. I'm not going to lie though. Like if you're leaving stuff out in public ground, I mean, in the middle of the woods, it's kind of your own so, fault. I got a superstition about garbage on public ground. Um, I've found, so if I'm out hunting public ground, actually private ground, any ground, and I find garbage, I always tuck it in my vest. Yeah, I always and pick it for up. for some reason, if you pick up garbage and tuck it in your vest, you will not shoot a pheasant. Every single time I fill my vest full of garbage, I do not shoot a bird. So, so litter is good. That's what I'm getting from this. I, the man, more litter, the more birds. I don't know. No, I, think I pick he, it all up when I see it. I just, I don't like it laying out there. But yeah, no, no, no. You should do your part and pick up. It just seems like every time I pick up garbage and fill my vest, there's no birds. So maybe the, maybe the litter scares the birds away. It definitely could, I guess. It sounds I like people need to clean up after themselves. We'd have more birds. It might be. I, I do the same thing pheasant hunting. Or not pheasant hunting. Well, shed oh, hunting. You do. You um, went pheasant hunting. Yeah. Hey, so everybody that knows how Bubba hates all these feathered creatures, he has gone pheasant hunting. And he shot a limit with me before. And I blasted the shit out of him. He, he was getting ready to shoot this bird. I just dropped it right in his hands. <laughs> it literally landed like five feet in front of me. <laughs> and he shot it? <laughs> it got up right in front of him. And he just took his time waiting on it, waiting on it, and shoots. And just, I mean, it lands right in front of me. Well, what I what I remember happening, we had Milo with us that day, which is Jared's dog. Well, and I think it, something happened to... I hunted Wally hard that weekend. I think he cut himself or something. We couldn't yeah. hunt him that Monday or something. Well, yeah, I uh, I had, was on COVIDcation because that was right after COVID. And like, oh, if you were exposed, you need to have time off. And Colton had a Monday off. And he's like, let's go hunt. And I was like, yeah, I don't feel sick. So we went hunting, of course. And uh, what I believe Milo was like 60 yards in front of me. And this bird started coming at me. And I was letting it get near me. And then it decided to take a left turn towards Colton. That's left turn, Clyde. And because I was as close as it was going to get, then I shoot it. And it just, you know, piles up. I don't know what you guys call it. But uh, pillowcased it. Yeah, pillowcased it. And, then, <laughs> and I think you had your gun mounted ready to shoot the bird. Probably. And then it just lands almost in his lap. It tell you what, and he carried it out too. The last guy. Last weekend of season, I went out west and was hunting out there. And we're just hunting some small crick lines and stuff. Little stuff that I like. I like hitting the little spots. And uh, Maddie goes up one way and I'm working the other way with, I think I was with Vern. And he goes on point and I, I could not find him. We're in cattails. I have a GPS collar. And it'll get you within like eight feet pretty accurately. And then the arrow just starts spinning when you get on top of where they're supposed to be. So I could not find him. Like I'm looking through this stuff, and I finally find him. Take a couple steps, and I flush a rooster. And I'm just carrying a 410. I gave it a three count and then shot it. And then when Josh comes back down, my buddy, he goes, that might not have been Josh. I think it was Zane. Zane comes back down and goes, dude, what did you shoot that bird with? I said, with my 410. He goes, what the hell? I hit it so hard. It looked like I shot it with a 12-gauge from like six feet. It was so bad. <laughs> I mean, I've actually li- literally knocked the wing off of a pheasant before I shot it so hard. I shot the wing off. I shot a head off. I mean, I, I need to give him some more time. Yeah. But, so you're talking about using a smaller round. Yep. Shell size, I think is what it is. Whatever. Yep. Smaller gauge gun. I actually thought it'd be kind of fun to like go duck hunting with so, a double barrel or something like that. I, uh, I've been doing some looking. You can buy Boss brand shells pretty reasonably, and they don't sell to retailers. They just ship to you. And you can buy their non-toxic for 410 and sub-gauges and readily available. So I'm going to order a case here pretty quick. So I have them for next year. I can carry it when we go duck and goose hunting. If I go goose hunting next year, opening day, I'm carrying a 410. What do you use, like, five shot? Uh, I think the ones I was looking at were sixes. But I got some tungsten ones that when we go goose hunting next year, I'm going to rip them. I haven't shot them yet, but they're actually I bought them for turkey hunting, and I never shot one. They're $11 a shell. And I believe they're nine shot. Nine and a half shot. <clears throat> And I know when we're out goose hunting, you're going through three. So you're going to go through $33 like that. Don't care. Do it's, not care. It's a if pump. I, so dude, if, go, I get a, if I get a goose with a 410 and shoot a limit of geese with a 410, how awesome would that be? I mean, that would be 
pretty badass. Exactly. That's what I thought. I mean, I'd be pretty impressed. So you guys are going to, I might have to, might do the old, hey, I'm going to shoot first and then you guys can shoot. Because that 410, they're going to be a little bit closer when you're shooting nine and a half shot. That's okay. That's okay. Well, I'm, he will treat me like we ta- treat, uh, treated Ming last year. <laughs> I'm going to remember the safety and to so load does, my gun. <laughs> so does he, <laughs> does he get that same treatment anymore? Or no, he like shot it? his first goose. He's so, done. So he we're x naying it. He's just. You, you, get you better sit up and shoot your own bird. You better get fast, so, boy. We took you to the pond that day. Mm-hmm. And the next day, Nicole Ming and I went out again and hunted a field. And we we knew this field wasn't the X. It was traffic. We were trying to hunt. And we didn't we weren't having any luck. At like 9, 30, 10 o'clock, we're like, all right, let's 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 get ready and go. And we're just kind of sitting there because it was hot that day. It was like 80 degrees. We're like, nobody really wants to get up and drag all this stuff back out of the field. So, uh we're sitting there, I'm like, all right, we should probably get going, probably get picking up. And we hear this weird noise, and we all kind of look at each other like, what was that? Like, I don't know what that was. It wasn't a goose. It wasn't a duck. Pretty soon we look up, and there's a pair of singles flying right over our head. I'm like, oh, everybody get down, get down. So we slam the blind door shut quick, and I start calling at him. And, dude, there's nothing dumber than a single goose or a pair of geese. They are so dumb. They, they, I called at them a few times. They circle, and they come right back down. And they get, oh, they're, they're closer than those geese we passed on. And I say, all right, set up and shoot. I set up, I shoot the first one, I shoot the second one, and then Ming just shoots one on the way down. It's like <laughs> he shot dude, one of your dead birds. Dude, I said, you guys got to be faster now. I took my time on both of them. And I think, honestly, I think Nicole might have been napping a little bit again. She tends to do that once in a while. And it happens. Um, so <clears throat> in your story there, you said a pair of singles. So the first time I ever heard this remark, I was very interested what it was. So for anybody who doesn't know what a pair of singles is, would you care to explain? Yeah, it's two geese lying together. A pair of singles. So it's not a pair, <laughs> and they're not sing. It's not a one bird, but it's a pair of singles. Yeah, a pair of singles, and two wh- birds. Where do you even come up with that? Honestly, they're flying like forty feet apart. <laughs> no, they're right next to each other. I've they, seen they them are, point them right out. next to each other. It's almost like they're a pair. <laughs> I, I but... heard that from a guy that I went to college with. We're out hunting out by Iowa City one time. Was, oh, look, there's a pair of singles in the distance, and I just thought it was the funniest thing I ever heard. So ever since then, anytime you see two geese, it's a pair of singles. Don't feel bad. Me and Wes are out in South Dakota. He's like, look, turkeys. I said, I know, act casual. And I looked away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we all say stupid stuff and do stupid things when it's in the heat and, of the moment. And it's all about having fun. Oh, yeah. I've had nothing but fun. If you had to pick your favorite pheasant hunt ever, would you have one in mind? Yep. All right, I want to hear the whole story. It was the first time Dad shot a bird over one of my dogs. So my younger dog, Vern, is actually named after my dad's grandpa. And I did not hunt him opening weekend to pheasant because I wanted a dad to shoot the first bird over Vern, if at all possible. So I took dad out to that, my favorite spot where my uncle and I shot the limit a few this year. And now uh, we're hunting along. We hunted. It was pretty warm out. A lot of crops. And yes, the bird hunt wasn't great. But uh, we're hunting along and Vern's pointing random stuff. He pointed a... Uh, culvert in a field he pointed a tree I mean, he, he just didn't know what was going on yet he just it was his first time out ever well we're hunting along and wally goes on point I said okay dad you, wally's facing this way you got to kind of walk around get in front of him and come at him well dad does that and a rooster gets up and dad i don't know the last time he touched a gun other than pheasant up with me a couple times it's probably been i don't know since he was our age well i guess the only time i remember him touching a gun was when he decided to go deer hunting with us when you and i started and I don't know he if he ever, carried our gun. <laughs> yeah, because I remember on that one property we walked, he walked a level B. Yeah, he would do that that shit walk for us every time. We'd stand next to each other, but I don't know if he ever shot. But uh, 
So he, dad goes around point, and that bird gets up, and he shoots and misses the first shot. And on the second shot, he just obliterated that bird. And that picture of dad shooting that bird over my dogs just, just burned into my head. That's one of my favorite all-time pheasant hunts. Is that the picture that's on that column at wall that has the combine in the background? Or is that a different one? The one on my wall of Wally? I think it's Wally. Is it Wally and Dad, or is and then I and oh, there's Wall, like yeah, that, the standing cornfield in the background with yep, the combine. Yep, that was Dad's yeah. first bird. Yeah, okay. I blew that picture up and I built a frame for him. And when that bird, actually, that is the pheasant I have at the taxidermist. So when that bird's done, I'm gonna put that picture with it, and I'm, Dad's gonna hang it up his office at work. Was that the picture on Facebook that I cropped out him and Vern next to each other, and I uh, posted back on there? I said brothers? Question mark. <laughs> no, no, that was one. Uh, last year we hunted somebody together. was not happy about that man you guys talk bad about Vern all the time he's such a good dog oh that one was aimed at your dad I hope he hears this oh he won't oh. He, he's he, actually asked for me to show him how I just haven't seen him enough I sounds li- like you're slacking and keeping listeners away that's I don't know I guess dad has drive wow. time but I don't know if this would be his forte like I don't think he wants to hear his son talk that he had to deal with all of his shit for how many years <laughs> I mean, hey, my mom and dad listen to us yeah but they don't sorry, like sorry they, my dad doesn't even me. do podcast dude speaking to your dad this is totally off the wall he was playing poker with me last night right yeah yeah i asked him i was like hey dnt be, be uh, interested in sponsoring a softball team he said sure i told you he would i i didn't think he was going to because he wouldn't even sponsor this show well of course he's not going to sponsor the show i what do you mean i am dnt conquering anymore not him let's but see and we're, we're gonna have to ask him about that where's the l oh yeah i'm trying to D&T? buy him i knew that i'm not gonna change the name i'm gonna keep it Forever. Well, I understand you want to keep the look, but all I'm saying is you ain't it, fam. There's a lot of shade getting thrown around in here. Yeah, he These is. two are He's staring each other down so hard. <laughs> That's, it, what eyes are you giving me? No, oh. You know the I can't say. I can't say <laughs> That's it on a here. Word. <laughs> <laughs> we could say it, but I don't want everybody to know. Um, I assume you've already given Dad the, the painting or the picture. Yeah, Dad has the, the picture okay. already, yep. And then are you going to, like, is the pheasant going to be next to it, above it, or, or do you have an idea how you However, want that to he work? wants to hang it. He's actually going to put his office at work so everybody can see it. Okay. So we can, he really likes to tell that story. He, was, he had a lot of fun that day. It meant a lot to him, I think. And hopefully someday I get to have that bird because, <laughs> not going to lie, uh, when I told him I was going to do this, I was yeah, I'm going to mount that first bird. Well, I have full intention on hanging it at my house. As we're hunting along, he's like, yeah, I got the spot picked out. I'm already going to hang it. Like, and I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it meant a lot to him, too. So, when he wanted them out to us, and when I get it back, I'll definitely, you can have it, and then someday I'll hang it up when, when you're tired of looking at it. I, uh, for some reason, I hope it gets willed to me just so I can hold I'm that over pissed. you. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> but I guess, I, I guess, I don't know if dad would ever be interested in like trying to shoot a deer, but that'd be something I would do with dad as well. Like, get him a late muzzleloader tag, go sit out on my cheating farm and shoot a 240. Why don't we get him to do something fun? Because we know there's not any 240s at his property. We're here to talk about birds. I don't care about those deer. Yeah, me neither. Who's <sighs> yeah. and string, fluffy animals. I just yeah, said a gun. He's, and he's over here talking about a 240 class deer on his farm. I didn't say I that. haven't even seen one above a 180. 180 is pretty good if you ask. Yeah, I know it is. I'm just talking crap. <laughs> uh, actually, the only deer on my farm are uh, 110 and smaller. Yes, just yes, to put absolutely. that out there. Yep, 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 yep. And my farm is in North only Carolina. I shot an 11 only pointer babies. once. I had one on this side and one on that side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it scored about seven. Good, actually, I don't even know if I made that. Yeah, I, I have no idea. That was the first one ever shot off your property. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's been no deer shot off my property no, since I've he, he wouldn't let me k- take my gun out there this year and kill one. I actually. I, I was going to let him. I talked no, with I talked with my husband Timmy, and you know we had spoke about this. And then Colton decides to 
pheasant terms, limit out in the first weekend of deer season. So this whole straight wall case thing for Iowa is a game changer. I'd always hunted with just a shotgun before, and this year, was it three weeks before deer season, I decided I was going to build an AR. I actually traded a car for it, for the lower, and put a different upper on it. And I took it out this year, and I will never, ever, ever go back to using a shotgun. I built a 450 Bushmaster in that thing. I shot uh, four deer, two of them at 30 yards, one at 100, and one at 150. Made no difference. Dude, that thing is awesome. I do like the straight wall cartridges. Dude, they're so sweet. So I got to get going. I don't know if you guys are going to stay here and talk. We can, we'll wrap it up. We'll give it another 10 minutes or so and wrap it up. You can get the hell out of here. All right. Yeah, I got to go to family supper. So. Thank, thanks for coming. We're glad we had you. And you tell br- mom and dad says hi. You going to bring me a plate? I'm hungry. No. We, we know where they no. live. That's fair. You know where all of us live, actually. I don't know where Colton she help, lives. Colton helped me move into my new house two years ago. Can confirm. Hey, so I was hoping we were going to get to go ice fishing on your pond this year. It's not looking yeah, good. Yeah, that is that. not going to happen. Dude, I is... looked out there. There's open holes already. Dude. We had one week of ice. Yeah, and I was gone. Florida. <laughs> Hated gonna hate. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we can just end it here unless you have anything else for us. Not unless there are any questions you guys got. All right. Well, I, I, I guess. come back again some other time. Yeah, we'll have to have you back on. God, this was a good God only knows you talked to me a lot. Oh, hey, I did, did think of one more thing quick. So on like your second episode, it took you two episodes to talk about me on this podcast. Kind of bullshit. And you were talking about ice fishing at your house the very first time you ice fished your pond. And a certain cell phone went this. Oh, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. It's still living down there. Turtles are texting their turtle babes. Did <laughs> <laughs> you get yourself a new phone and get a nice one this time? It's the same one, yeah. It's this one in my pocket. Want to go ice fishing? Yeah. going to be a little more careful with the It's going to be in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, just sweatshirt pocket so he stands up and it comes Yeah, down. no, no. It's going to be in my front pocket of my pants. But... Well, all right, to wrap this up, I think we end every podcast. Stay safe, enjoy the hunt, and know the outdoors.